This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. We're on to week number two of our Learning a Jazz Tune by Ear Challenge. Last week, we learned the melody of a jazz tune that I wrote called Ready or Not. And now in this week, week number two of the challenge, we're going to learn the chords to this song so that you're able to play them by the end of this episode. And so by the end of this episode, actually, if you have worked on week one of our challenge, you should know the entire tune. And then the next step, of course, is to start figuring out how do we actually improvise over it. So let's dive into this. Learning chords by ear can be difficult, but I'm here to help you and walk you through it. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up, everybody? Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, videos, and a membership, all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. And this, if this is your first time listening to the show ever, I mean, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Uh, we're in the middle of a series, which we don't always do on this podcast, but in this particular case, it's a three-week series. It's a special challenge series called Learning a Jazz Tune by Ear, okay? The Learning Jazz Tune by Ear Challenge. And in week number one, like I said in the intro, we learned the melody of a tune that I wrote called Ready or Not. And the reason that we didn't learn a jazz standard is because I wanted to make sure that everybody never had heard this tune before. Like, there was no chance that you had uh, learned this tune before in the past. I wanted to make sure this was a valuable episode for everybody. But it's particularly valuable because the chord changes that this tune that I wrote is based off of is essentially based off of a 12-bar blues. It's an important song form in jazz. However, the chords take quite a few twists and turns from a traditional blues. So we have some work to do. Whether you know the 12-bar blues form already or you don't, there are going to be some tricks that are going to be played on our ears that we're going to have to work on doing this. And I will also say, as far as the learning a tune-by-ear process, most people are able to get through learning a melody by ear. Like, even if it's a brand new concept to them to learn music by ear and it's difficult and maybe slow going at first... The melody is one that people are like, okay, yeah, I can I can get this, right? But when it comes to the chords, this is by far the one that I hear from so many subscribers is the difficult one to do because there's a lot to it. I mean, first of all, a chord is more than one note at a time, right? It's quite a few notes, especially in jazz. We have these seventh chords and extensions and all this stuff. It can get confusing. And there's chord progressions and there's the bass notes. And there's all these things going on. And how do we learn how to do this? And there's a few answers to this. Uh, number one is you just simply have to go through the trial and error method, which is essentially what we're going to be going uh, and working through today. And number two is the more you do this, the more it will become easy for your ears to pick up these things. And number three, the more that you start to recognize and learn a bunch of jazz standards, you start to recognize the sounds of chord progressions and the patterns. So that if you understand Roman numeral uh, analysis to chord progressions, you know what the sound of a 2-5-1 chord progression is is very important in jazz chord progression you just start hearing what that sounds like so that you don't have to go note by note bass note by bass note um, like we're going to sort of do today in our trial and error method of doing this so that's all to say that but again today at the end of this episode you're gonna know the chords to this tune i'm gonna walk you through it and uh, give you what your challenge is for the rest of the, this week at the end of the episode so that we can go into week number three where we're, we're actually going to be working on improvising over this tune and uh, creating a solo over this tune. Um, okay, great. So with all that being said, first, of course, we have to thank our sponsor of this podcast, which is our very own LJS Inner Circle membership. 
Now, what we're doing in this three-part series is essentially a bit of a watered-down variation of what we do in our Jazz Standards Club, which you do have access in your Inner Circle membership if you sign up. Uh, Jazz Standards Club is where we learn one new jazz standard a month, and we have all kinds of resources uh, and a community, and it's really, really awesome. It's So this is kind of like a watered-down version of that, but um, really, it's, it's, it's one of the most exciting parts of our membership. But of course, we have courses and practice programs and really effective training and monthly live Q&As and just a a vibrant community of over a thousand musicians playing all sorts of instruments, all working together in their membership and growing as jazz musicians like they never have before. And I want that for you as well. So if you want to check that out, go to ljsinnercircle.com, ljsinnercircle.com. And join us. I know it's going to be one of the best decisions you've ever made, one of the best investments you've ever made into your musicianship. LJSInnerCircle.com, and we'll look forward to having you as a member. All right, let's learn those chords. Okay, so before we start learning the chords of this tune, Ready or Not, which is what I called it, uh, let's do a little review, and we learned the melody last week, but let's hear what the recording of this that I put together, just with some with a backing track system. I use Band in a Box um, to create our backing tracks, um, and let's just listen to see what this sounds like. So that is it, uh, just to refresh our memories here. Uh, and again, if you didn't go through week number one of the challenge, I mean, that might be really helpful to do that. If you don't want to partake of the challenge, though, this is going to be helpful because you're going to kind of see the process of learning these chord changes by ear here. Now, um, obviously, we're trying to relate this experience to if you're learning any jazz standard. And you always want to go to a recording of the jazz standard to start to learn the chord changes. And now, this can be a little bit difficult if you're a beginner because, again, there's a melody playing. There's maybe uh, people improvising over the, the the song form. So it's harder to just isolate what the piano player, the guitar player, and the bass player are playing, which are kind of the instruments we want to cue our ears into in order to understand what the chord progressions actually are. So a little hack that I think is, um, you know, in my opinion, totally acceptable um, is if you're more of a beginner and you want to go this route, I think it's okay to put on a backing track so that you can hear the chord changes just by themselves. So before we actually go through this chord by chord, let's now just listen to what just the chord changes sound like with a backing track, which will kind of help us uh, tune out the other noise. Okay, so here it is.
Okay, so the only disclaimer here, and it's it's kind of an annoying issue, but it it is what we're dealing with. When you program stuff into band in a box, like sometimes the piano just takes liberties in playing, um, just, I don't know, just playing like whatever extensions it wants uh, in there that don't always necessarily fit. And then also, I, I was trying to put in hits into the program itself because that's the way the melody is played. So there are some, uh, you know, discrepancies here that we're just dealing with the software we're dealing with for the for the backing track for me to do this. But me being the composer, it's going to be okay. I'm going to guide you along and fill in some of the blanks or clear up some of the confusion sometimes in the chord changes. But the process is still the same. So um, let's go ahead and start taking a listen to the first few bars. Okay, so I'm just going to listen to the bass player. So I'm going to figure out what root note is the bass player playing. That's the first concern I have. Let's listen to the first, I guess, bar and a half again. Okay, can you hear the first note the bass player plays and hold it out when you sing it? So, duh. I just stopped the recording. Duh. Duh. That's the note that I heard, right? And if you can't hear it right away, play it again. Da da do 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 da da da. That's the notes being started on and coming back to. So, what is that note? Uh, now, of course, feel free trial and error. Find it on your instrument, but it's a B flat note. Okay, so I'm pretty confident that the root of the chord that we're starting with is a B flat. Da da do 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 da. Okay, so I'm sticking with that story, but let's go ahead and listen to the piano player now, because the piano player is playing some sort of quality of chord, and in jazz, it's most often a seventh chord. So being you, you like the basics here is you got to know your seventh chords, right? Your major, your minor, your dominant seventh, your half diminished, your diminished seventh. You have to know those uh, to start with. But I'm going to go ahead and listen to the piano and see if I can figure out what kind of B flat chord this is. So let's listen. Okay, so I'm just going to take that first voicing he's playing. So I'm going to listen to it again. Da, da. Um, so there's a few things you could do if you're like brand new to this. So you could literally go through the different qualities. So let's just start with the major. That's a B flat major seventh chord, right? And you can play this on if you're a saxophone player. Right, you can play the arpeggio. Uh, it's good to have a little bit of basic piano knowledge, you know, if you're a horn player, um, because then you can kind of work on this a little bit, but that's okay if you don't. But let's listen. Does not sound like a major seventh voicing to me. And now again, this is just because I'm used to hearing these chords, and maybe you're not, but this is how you, you do it, is just by trial and error and trying to figure it out, and then you compare it with a chord chart. But let's listen and, and see if we can see if this is uh, a minor seventh chord. No, that's not a B flat minor seven. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that it's a dominant seventh. And let's see if it is. It is, okay? That's a B flat seventh chord. Now, if we really want to get detailed about it, um, I hear the ninth on the top of their voicing there that the piano player is playing. But again, I don't want to focus too much on that because the piano player with the programming and band in the box sometimes gets a little wonky, as we'll hear in a second. But, you know, we could say this is a B flat nine chord, but that's a dominant seventh chord. So we have a dominant seventh chord for at least the first bar and a half. Let's keep listening. Let's go through the first two bars. So here we go. Okay. So we had a chord, and it sounds weird with Band in the Box, the way it's programmed, but there's a little hit, right? Because remember the melody is... Right? And on this note right here, we have this chord. Let's listen to it one more time from the play along. Dun. Now, I'm listening to the note that defines it the most. And this is where the melody is going to come in helpful, right? Okay. And I'm listening to the bass note again, too. What is the bass note? Oh, that chord. Boom. 
it, it, it is the B flat still if your, e, your ears were really cued into it. But we have this note on top. Okay, now this note is an E flat note. So if we think about the B flat chord, compared to the B flat, what note is that? What is E flat to B flat? Well, it's the fourth tone, or you could call it the 11th. So this is a B flat seven sus chord. Now, again, if, if you couldn't come up with that because you haven't really heard a B flat seven sus chord very often, that's okay. Welcome. This is your introduction to what a B flat seven sus chord sounds like. Okay. And the thing is, once you learn what a B flat seven sus chord sounds like or any seven sus chord sounds like, you may hear it the next time you try to learn another tune and go, oh, I recognize that sound. And then it's not as much of a mystery. And then maybe you'll forget about it, but then you'll learn another tune and you'll hear that B-flat sus again. This is how you start learning chords by ear. It's not by some magic trick. It's by learning to understand what the general sounds of these chords are. Not even hearing each note individually, but hearing the essence of the chord. So, so far what we have here is a B-flat seventh chord. So one, two, three, four, one, two. And actually on the and of three. Uh, hold on. One, yeah, and of three. One, two, three. Okay. So that's where the hit is. There's a little hit on the B flat seventh chord, B flat seven sus chord. Let's keep listening. Let's go from the beginning and, and uh, see if we can figure out what the next chord is after the B flat seven sus. Okay, so the piano is doing some kind of weird things in there, but let's listen to it again from the seven, the sus chord. Okay, so I, the bass is, he's not always playing the roots though. That's okay, but it's still kind of coming home to the B flat. And let's, let's listen to what the piano plays because it does play a little bit of an extension that I don't like it playing, but that's okay. Okay, so for some reason, the piano generator decided to play a flat nine there, which is not really what I want it to be playing, but, you know, it's a dominant seventh chord, though. We can still hear that it's a dominant seventh chord, and even the fact that the piano generator played a flat nine kind of clues it in there because you can play flat nine sharp nines over dominant seventh chords all day long and if again if you didn't know that well i mean you're you're learning that as we're talking about it okay so let's listen to the first three bars from the beginning okay okay so that's where something changes it's the last two beats of measure four. So we have back to B flat seven or whatever you want. And let's go to the melody again, right? So we have that's where the B flat seven sus is. And then back to the B flat 13. Okay, that's still B flat 13. But then in the melody, remember, you have this part that goes, okay, and that's what these chords are. Let's listen. Okay, so this is going to be tricky, but let's go ahead and listen to what the bass notes are of these two measures. Now, what we're going to do is a little trick. We're going to slow the tempo down, slow the tempo down. Now, um, if you don't have band in a box or any of these, any of the things like this, and you're just learning from a recording of a jazz standard, use software like Amazing Slow Downer or Transcribe to slow it down because these chords are going by so fast. It's like one beat per chord. I can hear there's two chords, by the way. So let me slow this down. I'm going to slow it down to 85. Okay, let's listen to measure four. Okay, let's slow it down even more. Okay, here we go. 65. Yeah, I'm listening to the bass player. Listen to the bass one more time and see if you can hear what the root note is of the very first chord. Boo. Boo. That's the note. Boo. Okay, that's a B natural. Okay, so it's not a B flat. It's a B natural. 
Okay, let's listen to what the second chord is. Boopa. Okay, that's the first chord. Boopa. Ba. Okay, again, go trial and error on your instrument. Try to find that note, but I know it's this note. It's an E natural, okay? B, E. So B natural, E natural. Okay, so interesting, right? We have this uh, interesting chromatic thing going on with the harmony. What chords uh, qualities are these, though? So let's listen again. Okay, this is where you start hearing patterns in harmony and you just know what they are. Because what we could do is slow this down like even further. I'm at 40 BPM right now. What chord is that? So this is, we know it's a B. So we could go through all the different qualities, but at the end of the day, I can hear that this is a minor seventh chord, right? We could do trial and error and figure that out, but listen. Okay, that's a B minor seventh chord. Now let's listen to hear what the quality of the second chord there is on beat four. Okay, that's the E7 chord. I could just hear it's a dominant seventh chord. Again, we could go through and see, does it sound like an E major seven? Does it sound like an E minor seven? Does it sound like an E half diminished seven? Does it sound like an E diminished seven? Or does it just sound like an E seventh chord, okay? So the chords that are there are B minor seven, E seven. Okay, B minor seven, E seven. I would call that a two five chord progression. Now that would be a two five two like a major seventh. Okay, two five one because that's the most important chord progression in jazz. But you know it doesn't actually go there. So we we call this a deceptive cadence in uh, harmony. That's what I like to call it, the deceptive cadence. You think it's going somewhere, but it doesn't. But it actually has a rhyme or reason. We'll figure that on this out in a second. So so far the chords are. B flat seven, B flat sus, three, four, one, two, B minor seven, E seven. Okay, so B flat seven for one bar, half bar, sus, B flat seven, three, four, one, two, B minor seven, E seven, and that's four bars. Okay, that's four bars. Interesting, right? And again, the melody makes sense. That's the B flat sus. Back to B flat seven. Okay, so is the B minor seven, E seven. That part of the melody relates to those chords. So that's another tip here for learning chords is if you're having a hard time hearing what the actual chords are, Keep going back and forth from the melody to the chords. And that's why we learn the melody first in, uh, in the first place, is it's going to help us identify what these chords are. Okay, let's keep going from those two chords to see what the next chord is. And actually, let's speed it up. Like I know this is really helpful to slow things down to hear chords, but I kind of want to speed it up a little bit. I'm actually just going to go to 100 BPM, because I realize we are learning it at a little bit of a quick speed. Um, so from bar four... Okay, do, do, that was the bass note, do, let's listen to it again. Do. Okay, that's an E flat, E flat note, I almost said the quality of the chord, it's an E flat chord. Now, I, again, I'll admit this is where the programming of Band in a Box is kind of a little strange. Uh, the, the piano, unfortunately, is playing a weird extension on this chord and it, it really shouldn't, but let's listen to it. Okay, it's playing a it's playing a, a a weird extension on the top, but if you listen to it, it's a dominant seventh chord. Okay, so dominant seventh, again, I could go and say, is it an E flat major seventh chord? Is it uh, E flat minor seventh chord? But let's listen to it again. What does it sound most closely to? We know the bass notes E flat seven. Okay. 
Yeah, I think it's playing. It's actually playing a a sharp, a flat thirteen. I think is what it's playing on top. But really, you wouldn't really do that um, unless it's going to go to a, a one sounding chord. Um, what this is, and we're playing a blues. Remember, this is the four chord. So the B flat seven was the one chord, and now we're going to the four chord in bar five. Right. So pretty simple. Um, so E flat seven is the chord, but there's some more tricks going on here. So let's keep listening. Let's start from bar four again, going into bar five. Okay. I heard the bass player go do, do. So let's listen to that again in case you missed it. Really listen to the bass. D, do. Okay, A flat is the note. So we had E flat seven. Now we have an A flat. And let's listen to the quality of the chord. So here's from bar five. Something like that it played. Okay, so again, trial and error, I could go through all the different qualities of seventh chord, but this is an A flat seventh chord. And the other thing that kind of clues me into this too a bit is... If this was an E flat seven chord, that's the four chord. Okay, we're in the key of B flat. And we go to an A flat, which is a fourth away. You know, jazz likes to cycle in fourths. Now, if you didn't know that, now you know. Oftentimes, jazz likes to cycle in fourths. So, E flat to A flat. Okay, and it's a dominant seventh chord as well. E flat seven to A flat seven. Let's listen to it again just to make sure you can hear it. Okay, what's that first note in the bass in bar six? So this is from bar five, listen. D, 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 D. That's a D flat note. So we're essentially cycling in force here. E flat seven, A flat seven. Now D flat seven. Let's listen to the quality of chord. Okay, again, go through all the qualities of chords to try to figure this out. Basically, I heard the piano play that. Let's listen again. Yeah. Something like that. Okay, it's a D flat seven. It's a dominant seventh chord. Okay, because again, like I could go and listen. Was it a D flat major seven? Let's listen. No, it wasn't. It was a D flat seven. And again, if you're a horn player, do you hear that flat seven in there? Listen to the D flat seven here. I even heard it play in the melody note in the piano. Okay, so it's a dominant seventh chord. This is how we do this, just trial and error. But also it's helpful because I'm starting to recognize the pattern that it's cycle, whoops, cycling in fourths. D flat seven. Now let's keep listening. Let's start from bar five because there are some more tricks coming up here. So listen. D flat seven. Okay, something weird happened there. Let's slow it down because this is another situation where we have one chord per beat on beats three and four of bar six. So I'm going to slow it way down to uh, let's do 60. Okay, so this is from bar six. That's the D flat seven. Okay, so let's listen. Okay, so that's the bass note. That's a G flat note. Okay, so again, we started with E flat in bar five to A flat to D flat, and now we're to G flat. This is cycling in force. E flat, A flat is a fourth away from E flat. D flat is a fourth away from A flat. Now we have G flat. Okay, but there was, again, two two chords there. So let's listen from bar six. Duh, 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 duh. Okay, so that's an F. So it's a chromatic half step down. So G flat to F. And let's listen to the quality of chord, too. That's actually the closer to the voicing. 
that the piano was playing. And the note on top, by the way, is G flat and F. So I can hear that these are also dominant seventh chords. Because again, it's not G flat major seven, F major seven. It's G flat seven, two F seven. Now, uh, there's going to be some context to this and why this is actually happening, but let's review where we're at to start. Uh, let's listen from the very beginning of the form. B flat, seven. Uh, let's speed it up, actually. Let's speed it up to 100. Okay. Uh, B, flat, B flat, seven. Two, three, four. B flat, sus. B flat, seven. Minor seven, E seven, E seven, E flat seven, A flat seven, E flat seven, G flat F. And let's slow it down just a little bit because I was I wasn't even able to keep up with that. Okay, from the beginning, B flat seven, four, one, two, B flat sus, B flat seven, B minor seven, E seven, E flat seven, A flat seven, D flat seven, G flat seven, F seven. Do. That's the next. That's the next chord. Do. We're back at B flat again. Okay, so we're back to the one chord. So if you know the blues at all, this is this is exactly what's happening. We're just going one four one, and that explains why we had the D flat seven, G flat seven to F seven, because the F seven is the five chord. The five chord means we're going back to the one chord, right? Five. One, the most important harmonic movement in jazz and really just any kind of music. So hearing, seeing that F7 just makes me think we're probably going back to the B flat seven, the one chord of, of this tune, and we did, right? Okay, so B flat seven in bar seven is back to the one chord. All right, let's keep listening. This is from bar seven. Okay, so all we really had was a bit of a, a, uh, anticipation. We had the B-flat 7 for a bar and then two beats. And then we had a chord come up that was basically on the, the end of three. So let's, um, let's try to figure out what that is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it as slow as it is right now. We're at 80 BPM. So B-bar bar 7. One, two. Bo, bo. Okay, that's a G. That's a G. Now, let's listen to the melody, because actually the melody has something important to tell us here. When we go back to the B flat, the melody is this. Okay. And right when we hit this note, now before, in the first A section part that we played, the first four bars, rather, it was the sus chord. It was the B flat sus chord, remember? Okay, but in this case, we're hearing that G, okay? So, on this same beat. Okay, so this note to this G is the flat 13. Now, how do I know that? Well, I know we have G, and then we have this note, which is an E flat. So, you can also think of this as the sharp five or the flat six but you know when we think about these we don't really ever call them the sharp five or the flat six we call them extensions extensions are above the chord tones so this is a flat 13 so the melody goes okay and this note that it ends on is the fifth of g so essentially what we have is a G7 flat 13, it's a dominant seventh chord to a regular seventh chord. So a G7 flat 13 to a G7. So this is why the melody actually does matter in trying to figure out the harmony. Um, a great example is like the, the, the jazz standard tune-up, right? It goes... Right? And so it's a 2, 5... One to be to D major seven, but it's E minor seven. That's the two to uh, and actually what it is is it's an A seven sharp eleven because that's the mel the, the the melody note to a D of D major seven. Okay, so in our case it's similar. It's 
to G7 flat 13 to a regular G7 chord. Now, if you know harmony at all, you realize that this is the sixth chord. So in a regular blues, this is very normal. We're going to the sixth chord uh, because we're trying to get back to the one chord again somehow. So let's go ahead and listen from bar seven. This is where we go back to the B flat and see if we can figure out what happens after this G7. Do, do. That's what the bass player played. Do. Okay, this is a G flat seven. Okay, so we went from a, a G seven to a G flat seven. I guess I kind of gave away the quality here, but let's listen to the piano just to confirm. Okay, the piano's playing like something like that. And you just, again, com compare. Is it a G flat seven? Does that make sense? Is it a G flat minor seven? Is it a half diminished chord? It, it's not. I mean, if you listen to it and you keep going back and forth and you were to choose the one that's most likely, it's going to be a G flat seven. So it's a dominant seventh chord. So we have to a G flat seven. And this is the part of the melody where it goes. Okay, and again, this is another hint. The melody, it actually pretty much just outlines a G flat seven. Lands on the flat seven, which is the defining factor of a dominant seventh chord compared to a major seventh chord, and it plays the the major third, which means that it's not a minor seventh chord. So, again, knowing how to construct your chords is important, and using the melody as a a, a tool along with listening to the recordings. Okay, let's keep listening. What from this is from bar nine, where we hit the G flat seven. Okay, again, I'm listening to the bass note. That's an F7, okay? So we are, again, we're playing an F note here. Okay, and again, I'm just going to go straight to an, it, that it's a dominant seventh chord because we know that we're in the key of B flat. And if I'm playing the fifth, then I almost completely can always tell you that it's going to be uh, it's going to be a dominant seventh chord. The five chord is always a dominant seventh chord. That is just a rule. Five chord is always a dominant seventh chord unless you're playing like modal harmony, something like that, where you're not really in a key center. So we went from a G flat seven, that's the melody, to an F seven. And again, let's go to the melody as well here. Actually, it's... Okay, that's over an F seven. Just literally outlining an F seventh chord and let's keep listening from bar 10 okay a little anticipation and the piano sounded weird and funky but we'll go with it so let's listen to what the bass plays from bar 10 this is the F7 Okay, so we're back at B flat seven again. So we're we're back we're back at the one chord. So we went G flat seven for one bar, F seven for one bar, to B flat seven. Okay. Okay, but there still is a little extra trick here because obviously I couldn't just make this easy just a simple blues, right? I can't just make it that easy. So let's listen. So this is from bar nine, this is from the G flat seven. Do, do, do. Did you hear that note the bass player played? Do, do, do. That's a D flat seven. Okay. Let's actually not figure out the quality of the chords yet. Let's just keep going through these last four bar, these last two bars, which are what we call a turnaround. It's just a turnaround to get back to the top of the melody again. So this is from bar 11 where we hit the B flat seven. Okay. Piano played something weird. Sorry about that. But the bass I could hear played a G flat. Okay, so we went from a B flat to a D flat to a G flat. Okay, let's listen to hear what the last chord sounds like. So from bar 11, this is the B flat 7. D flat, G flat. 
Okay, now this is where it actually is a little bit tough to hear because the bass didn't clearly play the root note, but let's listen again. Okay, now I, I can hear what the chord is. However, I think it's worth also mentioning that sometimes when you're listening to any jazz recording and you're trying to learn the chords, there may be points in the recording, maybe in the first chorus, where you don't hear the chord changes that well. And what you can do then is go to another chorus and see if you can figure out what those chord changes are based on the same bars, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the second chorus and listen to see if the bass of the piano play anything different. So I'm going to listen to this. Duh, duh, duh. In this case, I'm hearing after that G flat, a B. Okay, so see how that happened? The bass player is playing something that I couldn't really distinguish that it was playing a B in that first chorus. But when I went to the second chorus and I listened to it, I could hear that it was a B. So sometimes you got to go to different sections of the tune or maybe go to some of the improvisation and see if you can figure it out in general. Maybe the first chorus is not going to give you all the clues you need, but you can keep going to other parts of the song to get more information. So essentially, the last two bars are B flat, which we know is a dominant seventh chord, to D flat to G flat seven. <laughs> I just gave away the quality again. G flat <laughs> to B. Okay, so all, all this is pretty much in four except for the first movement. So B flat to D flat is a minor third interval to G flat to B. Okay, and if you listen to the quality, listen to the quality of the chords. Again, it's kind of difficult with the piano to hear it all, but again, go to different qualities of chords and test each one and see which one sounds the best. So in this case, I know it's B flat seven to a D flat seven to a G flat seven to a B7, and then it goes back to the top of the form. Okay, so B flat seven, D flat seven, G flat seven, B7. Okay, so getting this information is important. Now, again, don't be discouraged if you go through this like a jazz standard on your own and you're trying to learn the chord changes and you get a bunch of them wrong, right? Because that's when you can compare and contrast with a chord chart. Don't ever throw chord charts away or lead sheets away. I mean, they're good tools to help you. But by going through this effort, think about how you're going to start making those connections. Like maybe you couldn't hear a sus chord before, but now you can hear what it sounds like. Maybe you didn't hear what a 2-5 relationship sounds like, but now you do. Maybe you didn't really hear what these cycles and fourths sounds like before, but maybe now you do. And the more times you do this, the easier and easier it gets. Even if you feel overwhelmed right now, the more you do this, the easier it gets. As you go through this process, you start recognizing patterns, you start recognizing chord qualities, you start recognizing general sounds. So let's go over from the very beginning what the chords are. So let's start at the very beginning. We have B flat seven for one bar, for two beats, and on the end of three, a B flat seven sus. Okay, then B flat seven for one bar, two beats, and then B minor seven, E seven. Okay, let's go back and repeat those first four bars. So we have B flat seven for one bar, two beats, and then on the end of three, we hit the B flat seven sus, and then B flat seven again for one bar, for two beats, and then B minor seven, E seven, one beat each for each of those chords. B minor seven, E seven. Okay, got it? Okay, now moving on to this second set of four bars. Now we go from that E7 that we just played to a E flat seven for two beats, then A flat seven for two beats, we're moving down in fourths, then D flat seven for two beats. Then we have G flat seven, F7 for one beat each. Okay, so E flat seven for two beats, A flat seven, D flat seven, G flat seven, F7. Let's repeat from the very beginning. So we have B flat seven for one bar, now for two beats, and then the B flat seven sus, then B flat seven for one bar, 
two beats, then B minor seven, E seven to E flat seven for two beats, A flat seven for two beats, D flat seven for two beats, G flat seven, F seven, one beat each, back to B flat seven for one bar, two beats, G seven flat 13, G7, right? Remember, it matches the melody. Okay, so B flat seven for one beat for one bar, two beats, and then G7 flat 13, G7. Okay, so again from the very top, B flat seven for one bar for two beats, B flat seven sus, B flat seven, B flat seven for two beats, B minor seven, E seven. E flat seven, A flat seven, D flat seven, G flat seven, F seven, B flat seven for one bar, for two beats, G seven flat thirteen, G seven. That's the sixth chord. Only four bars left. Now we go to G flat seven for one bar, F seven for one bar, and then. Flat seven for two beats, D flat seven for two beats, G flat seven for two beats, B seven. Okay, so G flat seven for one bar, F seven for one bar, B flat seven for two beats, D flat seven for two beats, G flat seven for two beats, F seven, uh, B seven for two beats. Okay, one more time, the entire song form, what the chords are. Here we go. So B flat seven for one bar for two beats and a three sus B flat seven for one bar for two beats B minor seven E seven E flat seven for two bar beats A flat seven for two beats D flat seven for two beats G flat seven F seven B flat seven for one bar for two beats. B7 flat 13, G7, G flat 7, F7, one bar, and then the turnaround, B flat 7, D flat 7, G flat 7, B7, and then back to the top around, okay? So that that is the chords of the tune, and then again, let's listen to the chords and the melody together to hopefully give us, again, a little bit more context. And what I'd like you to do is try to follow along and name the chords as you hear them. And I just realized also, I kept saying that those the B flat seven sus hits were on the and of three. They're on the and of two. So I apologize for that uh, mistake in saying that. So and of two is when those hits are on. But um, okay, so hopefully that you you have a good idea of what these chords are. And hopefully you could see some of my process. And regardless of whether you thought this was very difficult or not, I do want to just continually remind you that this just gets easier and easier over time. And once you learn one set of chord changes by ear, the best you can, you can move on. Even if you only got one or two chords right, and then you checked with a chord chart, you know, that's a good day's work right there. Like that is really helpful. The more tunes you learn, the more you recognize what chords and chord progressions sound like. So here's what your challenge is for the rest of the week. Your challenge is, is to continually review what the chords are. And if you're a horn player, what you do is just play the arpeggios of the chords, okay? So go through all the different chords and just play the arpeggios. 
That's all you need to do in time with a metronome or with a backing track. Just play the arpeggios of the chord changes. And if you're a piano player or guitar player, like do what I did is comp through the tune so that you're able to play those chords. All right. Um, and then ideally, like you, you'll be practicing both the melody and the chord changes for the rest of this week so that you have a good foundation going into our last week of the challenge, week three, where we're going to actually be, uh, I'm going to be composing a solo over top of this tune to figure out how we can start improvising over it on the show. But then I'm going to ask you to do one as well. So that's part of the challenge. So we really want to make sure you have those chords, you know, in, in your knowledge inside and out and the melody inside and out. So every single day, just spend 30 minutes per day practicing the melody and practicing the chords, whether they're arpeggios or actual chord voicings on your instrument, and you'll be good to go for week three. All right, that's all for week number two of the Learning a Jazz Tune by Ear Challenge. Again, this is probably the most challenging part of the challenge, but we got through it, right? We did it. You know the chords, you got something to practice this week, and I hope that you have a good week practicing all this stuff. Make sure you tune in for week number three next week, where we're going to work on actually improvising over top of this tune, this blues tune, with obviously a bunch of twists and turns, and uh, see what we can do with it. Again, uh, if you want to join our LJS Inner Circle membership, ljsinnercircle.com. I mean, it's really the place to be if you want to be improving your jazz skills and taking things to the next level. Everything I do on this podcast is, you know, just a little taste of some things that we do inside the Inner Circle. So ljsinnercircle.com, sign up. I know you're going to love it. I know it's going to be vastly helpful for you and a lot of fun as well. So we'll hopefully see you in there and we'll see you for next week of the Learn Jazz Standards podcast. Have a good week. Happy practicing and cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.